The Bar Star Podcast, hosted by Stephen O'Reilly, is a podcast about working musicians, their friends, and their opinions. Stephen is a musician in Louisville, Kentucky, who has... Wait a second. This guy's a drummer, not a real musician? Somebody gave a drummer a microphone for his voice? The hell? Unreal. Unbelievable. to another episode of the Bar Star Podcast. I am your host, Stephen O'Reilly. I want to thank you guys for coming back once again to hang out with me. I appreciate the support. You guys are kicking ass, and I am very grateful. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everybody had a good week, and as always, I hope you guys went out and did some shit. Please make sure you check out my sponsor, Prophecy Inc. They are a big supporter of the show, and most of you know by now, I am a huge supporter of them. If you go into the shop, located in the fabulous Highlands, and mention the Bar Star Podcast, you will get 10% off your tattoo by any artist in the shop. So make sure you go check them out. You'll get a deal on a tattoo. You mention the Bar Star Podcast. They win. I win. And you get some good ink. As you've figured out from reading the description, I am not flying solo today. I am hanging out with the illustrious, the very handsome, very boisterous, smooth, velvety voice of a one Mr. Scott Clark. Hey everybody, how you doing? <laughs> it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. I like, I like me some Barry White. Oh yeah. What's going on, man? How are you, sir? Uh, you know, I used to, when people asked me that, I would tell them honestly, shit sucks. Dad's dying. Uh, just had to fix my mom's, uh, estate sale. And, and honestly, these days, what I'm saying is I'm better than I deserve. Nice. My, my life is amazing. You look great. I'm, I'm turning my head to the side. You're talking about this cat box? No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about you, brother. You look I, great. Uh, I feel great. I, I have, uh. I've made sure I'm, I'm doing work for my I'm, do, I'm doing work, son. Doing work for my body, trying to make sure that my wife and I are doing the right thing with the diet and exercise and things like that. It, it's kind of he ran out of the room. He's running out the room to change the temperature on the stuff and the stuff. Oh yeah, everybody, it's a good time. I feel you weren't good. supposed to call me out. That's fucked up. Oh no, that's the whole point. You you know you got to describe what's going on in the situation that's good pod that's good pod i know (laughs) (laughs) and the setup that we have here folks that you don't know it feel like gracie burr or uh uh, george burns and gracie allen there's like an old-timey microphone in front of us which i would normally go what the hell is this shit man it actually if you listen to this podcast before it sounds amazing and it's two guys and i've listened to uh, Dave Moody's podcast. Yep. Super old friend. Yep. Chuck Deering, in a band with a guy. Love him. Super, super hot. old friend. Super. He's. I. I would He's. bang Chuck Deering. I would bang. I would bang Christy Deering to bang Chuck. Let's be honest. That's weird. And I know Christy knows what I mean. She knows I'm joking. But it works. Uh, it does work. I'm with you. And uh, then you had Jesse Vest, 
Mm-hmm. Remind me to tell you the Jesse Vest story. Oh, we'll get to that. Oh, it's going to be good. <laughs> but what we're literally, we have an old, it looks like an old timey microphone between two people sitting in uh, Steve and Stacy's wife. Stacy's wife? Steve and Stacy's. Not Stacy's mom. No, it's not. No, that would be weird. That was a whole nother video. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm in Steve and Stacy's, and it looked weird, but if you've ever listened to this podcast, it sounds great, and I like his setup. Thanks. How about that? Thanks. I, I like your it. setup, son. Thanks. I uh, I did post a, I don't remember how many weeks ago it is because I my you've listened to enough of my shows my timeline memory blows, but when I had Jessica on here Jessica A from Wax Factory she kept staring at like this, <laughs> and it was I just kept calling her out. So it's not a. I, I was like, dude, and she's super cool. Oh, I love Jessica. Uh, but anyway, you know, I've only next, seen her on Facebook. Got to meet her a couple weeks ago up at Wix in New Albany. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. Oh, she's. But awesome. I posted a picture of this mic. So it is on the Bar Star page. Okay. All so right. you had to go to the Bar Star right. page to find it. So what are we talking about next? There's a cat. There's a cat whining in the that, background. That's, that's my buddy Sebastian. Hey, pussy, come on up in here. Come on now. <laughs> Sebastian's been on the show. He was on Todd's episode. He decided that was he was going to make his debut on Todd's episode. Now, I wouldn't be a good friend or a good pod guest. I like that. Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Where did you get Sebastian? My wife named him Sebastian. From? She said, and I quote, he just looks like a Sebastian. She's Not a, a cool story. What was that terrible TV show in the 70s? <clears throat> um, uh, Which one? There was shit tons. Uh, now, my other cat, China, this is way cooler the than The butler was Sebastian is what I'm getting at. Because I know you like butler. Is this oh. thing goes back to your Jesse... Vest podcast. <laughs> but Sebastian was the butler on... What's the name of the damn show? I don't know. Oh, nothing. Man. But what I was going to tell you is my yes. other cat, China. His name... Oh, watch why. It will pop. It, it's. I'm telling you, this mic will pick up a fart in church down the street. My other cat, China. See, yeah. told you. He got his name because when we got him, he was a weirdo baby fucker. And he used to sleep in the bell of one of my China symbols. Like? Yeah, in the bell. In the bell. Yep, of my China symbol. Of a China, not a crash, not mm-hmm. a splash. Nope. For like three days, because Stacy and I have always had this rule, they'll name themselves. Three points for knowing a splash in a China. I want the uh, inevitable, you want I want the, the high five on want, the mic. You want a high five in the microphone already? Come on, come you on. You just don't fuck around, dude. Come on, give it to me. I've been listening to this podcast forever. Oh, now here, oh, that was terrible. Now, here's the trick. Take two. You got to look Here, at the no, elbow. Wait. Now, here's the trick. Look at the elbow. <laughs> look at the elbow. If you ever want to give anyone a high five and make sure that you're cool, look at the person's elbow that you're high fiving and you will sound like oh, this. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Freeze. Are we doing the clean elbow or the dirty one? It doesn't matter. It's still an elbow. <laughs> See how that sounded? Look at the person's elbow and you'll be the best high fiver it, ever. It will work every time. Okay. All right. So All let's, right. let's be serious. I got to keep telling myself this is your interview because I've never been interviewed. Well, you're not going to be interviewed now, so I hate to burst your fucking Oh, mind. geez. Where's the window? Where's it? <laughs> okay. God, I'm going to jump out the window. But I am going to ask you some random questions. Please. Now, you and I know each other through me moving up here to be in Heaven Hill. Yes. That is how we met. Yes. I'm only... We were at 4th Street Live, as I remember. I will trust you because you've listened to enough of my shows. My memory blows. <laughs> we were both on a lot of drugs back then. It's okay. We're not now. That's true. But it well, was at 4th Street Live, the first time you and I hung out and talked. 
Like where we had a was conversation. Was that the Finger Eleven show? When we opened for Finger Eleven? Don't talk about Fip. My nephews and nieces might listen. You're talking about fingering. Oh, Finger Eleven, the band. Uh, I have no idea. I just know that I was introducing you all. I had an explicit warning on my show. Now I got a fucked up warning on my show. Way to go. He just said fucked. (laughs) Twice. Twice. So we met roughly 11 years ago. Okay. that's, That's when I moved up here. Okay. You were in radio. You were on the Fox. And what was the other station? Uh, I was director of promotions for 93. At the time, it was 100.5 The Fox. And then I was also uh, KJ1080 and 790 WKRD. On the air, I did a sports show. Where right. I filled it whenever Dave Jennings wrecked his garage. And listen, not only I'm not talking shit, I love Dave Jennings. And if it wasn't for Dave Jennings, I would not have got any sports radio stuff. But whenever Dave was late, now keep in mind, Dave was running, he was second in command for HAS and a bunch of stations at Clear Channel. Right. So he had a lot to do. Right. So if he was ever running behind, if someone had to fill in for the Joe B and Denny show, I got the call. Now I'm a huge U of L fan. I. I'm sitting next to Denny Crum. Now, I actually knew Denny for years. I sold him his first cell phone. Denny Crum. <laughs> I, I, by the way, folks, uh, you can try these if you'd like, and I don't care. His one cell phone number is 552-1980, and his other number is 558-1996. Or, I'm sorry, 1986. I know those for a fact because I got them for him. This was years ago. So I'm sitting with Joby and Denny Hall. I'm just some stupid morning, evening, midnight, whatever time it was, disc jockey on the Fox. And they call me and go, you know sports. Would you do the sports show? Dave Jennings can't show up. Oh, okay. So now, I did that. As cool as that is, you do see this weird deer in the headlight look I got You don't on. know anything about sports. I have I'm, no uh, fucking I'm, idea who you're about. talking about. <laughs> I'm just so happy that Teddy Bridgewater is now with the Jets. Oh, and uh, he's going to be third or second string. He'd had a great OTA day. So, oh, I'm sorry, what? Um, oh, so, please. no, I was director of promotions for the Fox. Right. Uh, and it included a couple stations. Right. And we basically took care of the rock side. Right. Uh, and when I met you all, I was basically any event, any concert, anything that kind of happened in the area, I was the guy that went. You always brought us on I, stage. I booked, I booked everything. Right. Paid, got everything paid for, and then right. I would go on stage and introduce people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because, and the only reason I bring that up is that's my first memory of you. Yes. And that's my first memory of you bringing us on stage. Um, and then my second memory of you is I'm scared to hear. Oh no no no! It's good. Okay, good. No, I, I have a good story where I'm going to throw you under the bus, but that's... That's, that's all right. Please do. Please. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 47. Nobody cares. My, it's, you know that's my favorite number, right? That's 42. Yours is 42? Ronnie Lott. San Francisco 49ers. Ronnie Lott. 42. Stop. Enough. With the fucking sports. All right. All right. With the fucking sports. I'll shut you the fuck down. Mm. I'm going to rub your leg first, but I'm going to shut you the fuck down. You know, Purpose had 42 and 43. Will you shut up and listen? Okay, so anyway, my second memory of you is... Whatever show it was, well, I'll go with you and say it was 4th Street because I honestly don't remember. All right. Because when I moved up here for Heaven Hill, we did, bam, 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 we did like five, six shows in a three-month period. Fuck yeah, you did. We we killed it. But Yeah, Chuck and Teague. Yeah. That's my boys. I know. My second memory of you, one of those shows, whenever I walked off stage, you looked at me and said, where the fuck did you come from? <laughs> that sounds like something I would say. Or something to that effect. <laughs> 
And who went, the fuck are you and why don't I know who you are? That's probably what that's I probably said. That's probably actually what you said. That, that sounds more accurate. You are fucking amazing and I don't know who you are and that's really weird to me. <laughs> that's probably more accurate. Well, I mean, you've got to keep in mind. I grew you up, grew up here. I grew up in garage bands. I mean, you think about like the, the first gig I ever did, Rocky Knight from QMF introduced my band at the uh, male Battle of the Bands, the male high school Battle of the Bands. Damn. I was dating a 17-year-old. Her parents owned Corfridge uh, 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 Landscaping. Oh, gotcha. And I'm 20. She's 17. It was super hot. Um, <laughs> so I did the male Battle of the Bands, and the band was called A to Z because we played everything from, from A, A to Z. Z. Uh, yeah, we came in second. Um, but I remember Rocky Knight introduced the band, right. and I have the video of that I know you've got somewhere in here. You got a bunch of videotapes to your yeah, to I your left right there. Yeah, they are. You you did that with Ryan to your right. I mean to your left, your yeah. other left. Yeah, your other left. Um, that was my fault, not Ryan. But I have, I, but I, and I've shown video. Uh, Rocky and I have gone to the Dominican Republic together. I actually worked on some electricity at Rocky's place. Rocky and I have been old friends for a long time. Nice. And the fact that I have a video of him introducing us. At the first gig I ever did, and on videotape, is amazing to me. And I'll never forget his joke. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a light green pinto outside. It's not blocking anything, or you're not uh, in any trouble, but you're making the place look like crap. <laughs> and I've used that, and anybody that is listening to this that knows me knows that I've used that. Yes, you have. More than once. <laughs> You've used it for Heaven Hill. Rocky Knight is a uh, great guy and a great friend, a great mentor. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, him and his wife, Mickey, still come out to see events every now and then, and we hang out. And, uh, you know, when my wife doesn't like a whole lot of people, certainly doesn't like a whole lot of my friends. But she Gee, always responds. Uh, probably a good idea. She always responds to to uh, Rocky. Probably why my wife doesn't like a lot. Rocky of my Knight, you you're not blogging anybody, but you're making the place look like crap. <laughs> <laughs> I love Rocky. All right, so that that is how we met. Now, how long did you just blanket? I don't want dirty, gnarly details. I don't give a shit about that sure. stuff. Doesn't interest me. But how long did you do radio? Um. Well, let's be fair about the conversation. I wanted to be in radio since I was a little kid. Right. I, You know, uh, my parents left Louisville and moved to Fayetteville for six months, then to Myrtle Beach. Fayetteville, North Carolina? Yep. Played there a few times? Yep. And then to, uh, so you know, Bordeaux, the Bordeaux Theater. With the big... Yes, it, it was yes. A fake, it, it was took a me a fake, It was a fake... Uh, uh, Took me I never Tower. played there, but I know where you, you know, I'm I know talking what you're about. talking about. Yeah. Uh, and about six months after that, we moved to Myrtle Beach, and we've been there. Uh, went there. there. <laughs> I went to middle school there. Sixth, I'm sorry, seventh, eighth, and eighth grade, as I like to say. <laughs> Thanks, mom. That's okay. I did. Uh, mom, I, mom, that was mom's decision, not mine. That's all right. I, I can, I can, I can actually make you feel better about your seventh, eighth, and eighth grade. I did ninth, ninth, quit, ninth, <laughs> tenth, quit, tenth, quit. And look at you now. High Microphone. <laughs> so, um, when I was in Myrtle Beach, I there was a little radio station right across the park from my house called WNMB. Right. And there was a, and I would on you know Friday, Thursday, Saturday, whatever night it was, 
we were latchkey kids. I, my parents didn't give a shit what I did. I just I would walk around the park. It was dark. As long as I was home by dark or somewhere shortly thereafter, they didn't give a shit. They were eh, they were drinking in the bed. They were done. They didn't give a shit. So I went to this place called WNMB, W North Myrtle Beach in South Carolina, and there was a guy there named Barry Ballard. He was on the air on night. He basically did the nights on WNMB. Now, years later, the place that I worked every summer was called the OD Pavilion. It's in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, mm-hmm. right on Main Street. It's It's been through hur- hurricanes and everything else. Uh, and there was a guy there that worked there named Mike Wooldridge, who it, I was probably 13, 14, and he was probably 19, 18, you know, 20. Right. We befriended each other, and I was there after school every day because that was my boy. Yeah. I got free video games. <laughs> I mean, this is nineteen. This is 1984. Yeah. I'm like, video games, free. Galaga, I love this shit. So I got all the free video games, and I would sweep up the place. We'd get a pizza, and we'd hang out. And his best friend was Barry Ballard. Gotcha. And so I would go watch this guy whenever I wanted. I'd just walk into the studio. What's up, Barry? And I'd watch him be on the air, and I was fascinated. Nice. I knew that's what I wanted to do the second I saw it. Now... Transport a couple years later at 16, well, before there was hair downstairs, uh, so probably more like 17, my voice changed. Right. And everyone said, you've got a voice for radio. So the voice you're hearing me talk about right now is the same voice I had at 16. That's all anyone ever said to me my entire life. You should be in radio. Well, at least I didn't tell you you had a face for radio. I got that too. I mean, I got that too. I'm just saying. But but I, I know it's not true. So I know it's not I'm, about I'm me. A, uh-huh. I'm a good-looking motherfucker. That's all I'm saying. Um, so, um, <laughs> wait. Oh my god, you're so cute. <laughs> Double high five. <laughs> so, basically, at an early age, my voice changed and right. sounded like it does now, and I knew it. And I had people tell me that all the time, and I was already all that fascinated. Myrtle Beach air. I was already fascinated with radio. Right. So then I got the opportunity to start talking about these things and could see what I was doing. And that's why I studied radio from this little bitty station in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, to Charlie Steele from QMF is now on WKZQ in Myrtle Beach. And when he got that job a few months ago, I was like, here's the seven things that I remember from when I was a kid. It's, a, it's time to turn so you don't burn. That's one of the... Now, also, you want to make sure you talk about the burbs. Sockesty. Uh, you want to talk about Waccamaw. You want to talk about North Myrtle Beach. You want to talk about Windy Hill, Ocean Drive, Cherry Grove. I like made a list for stuff for Charlie Steele. I mean, it's just... It gets in your brain. I didn't... All I, didn't I ever wanted to do... There. He's not from there. He's from, Charlie Steele's actually from Newcastle, Kentucky. Became a jock up there, then got assistant program director uh, director at Fox and QMF. Right. And then the whole Michael Lee debacle happened. And we got sat in an office with the boss. And he goes, after certain someone was fired, and I went, who's going to be the boss? And I looked at Charlie, and Charlie looked at me, and I went, do you want things to keep going the way they're going and be successful? The guy went, yeah. And I went, Charlie Steele's the boss. I'm the assistant. Why would you say that? Because we've been running this this whole way the whole time. He's the boss. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> I'm the assistant. I do what he says. It's really simple. 
and we kept that going until it changed to 93.1. We kept that going until the very end when they said, oh, your job's, uh, here's a very large check. Right. Take the rest of the year off. Dwight Witten always jokes and goes, so you got fired. I was like, ah, I've been fired from a lot of jobs and I never got a large check. <laughs> so you can call it fired. I call it handsomely. You, I was asked to leave politely. I was going to say handsomely let go. <laughs> so all well, I ever I, wanted to do was be in radio. Well, wait, hang on. Because okay. you lost me a little bit. All right. Not going to lie to you. I do that. Well, you do this when we're just hanging out. Yes. At least here I have the power to edit your ass. Uh, no. You said that you you met Charlie in Myrtle Beach? No. You're she, just talking about when he just moved to Myrtle Beach, you sent him that stuff. Yeah, he just okay, moved to right. Myrtle Beach a couple No, of, I knew that. Yeah, I like, knew that. Yeah, just I knew a couple. That. But I was like, every, whatever you need to know, I got it. I'm from there. I know everything about that town. I'm with you. Call okay. me. And if you want to do, I literally was like, I'll do voiceovers, please. I've got a studio at the house. I like doing voiceovers. <laughs> so when did you get your first on-air gig? I want to first give a little credit. And how bad did it suck? Oh, it was amazing. Oh, damn. I my first my, gig sucked. No, I should have my dick bronzed. Uh, that was that good. Um, I don't know if they pour that little bronze. You got to keep in mind, at the time, it was, first of all, when I was in Whatever Will, I told everyone in the band, because we would play gigs at Phoenix Hill and all Butcher Town and all the other places, and I'd go, I'm going to get to know all these disc jockeys, right. and whenever this band stops, I'm going to get a job in radio. And they were like, fuck you, you don't know, hell no, you're not. So you never got a job in radio in Myrtle Beach? No, no, no. Okay. No, you nothing. just studied I your ass off. Studied radio. That's all I ever wanted to do. So I studied no matter what station I was, whatever city. I remember coming coming back and going to high school, Wagner High School, and listening to when Ron Clay passed away, and Rocky got the job to be Troy and Barry's sidekick. I was in a band with Barry. It's crazy. Nice. And Barry, I love Barry. Troy Robach, we know each other. We're kind of go, but I've been on vacation to the Dominican with Rocky Knight. It was crazy. I studied radio my entire life. That's all I ever wanted to do up until that point. Right. So I kept telling the guys in the band, I'm going to get to know all these disc jockeys. I'm going to befriend them. And when this whole band thing ends, I'm going to get on the radio. Nobody believed me. I didn't believe me. I was, I was talking <laughs> shit. I've mean, got to be honest. And I'm not kidding. It couldn't have been four weeks. Maybe a, a month, maybe six weeks. After whatever Will retired the first of 14 times. <laughs> that Vinetti called me. And Vinetti and, I, Vinetti and I go way back. Right. Um, he called me and goes, you've always talked about being on the air. We're looking for new people. Come on in. And I came in. And like, what you, I was like, I don't give, I'll hang banners. I don't care. I'll be the intern. So I did an internship for one night, the tool concert at uh, Freedom Hall. Right. It's 20 something thousand people. What year was this? Late night. You get time period. Uh, 2002. Because uh, okay. we retired in 2001, so it had been 2002. Okay. I retired the first time. And, oh, they, 14. and they, I was like, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm super happy. I'll do this. So I'm hanging banners with the interns that are like 14 years old. Right. <laughs> I'm probably 28. <laughs> but I'm hanging banners and I don't care. Right. This is the opportunity I've always wanted. And they went, stop hanging banners. What? He's like, come with us. 
So it's basically uh, anybody that knows the city. Yeah, I mean, obviously you know Vanetti, Bob O'Reilly, Black Frank. Great last name. Triple X Lex. These, those were the guys, and they were like, and Triple uh, X Lex and I were actually camp counselors together at YMCA Camp Yamingo. So we've known each other for years, and he's on the air. Right. And he knows, you know, of course, if you're the kid that's trying to get in there, everyone's going to fight you a little bit and make sure that you're not a douchebag. Right. I'm totally a douchebag. You are. But I'm... But you're our douchebag. Could, and we love you. <laughs> Sean and Frank say that all the time. Oh, God, I have to be... I guess I, I have to own it. So at that concert, I'm hanging around. It's like, stop doing it. And they, we went on stage and they went, you're introducing the band. This is my first week at the radio station in front of a sold-out Freedom Hall. 20,000 people. More than... I think it was 22. And they hammered the mic. What's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> and you I just, just I introduced the band like anybody else would. And uh, now Black Frank, Frank Webb, great dude, helped me a lot I along think the way. I've met him once. Uh, you had to have. He did the, uh, the you know, the, uh, you know, he did, uh, he basically was the metal guy at the Fox all those years. Great guy. He was not happy that night. He didn't know who, he, I remember him distinctly going, the fuck is this guy? And basically, they went, he's the guy that's doing better than you. I respect Black Frank. He's been a great friend. He's done nothing but help me throughout the years. We're friends. Every time I see me, I hug him. But that night, could you imagine being the guy that's trying to get on stage with Vanetti <clears throat> and, and, and everyone else on stage and some right. kid no, I, that I you've never it. met walks on stage and does that? Uh, but that was my first night. I've been that guy, only it was behind a set of drums. So I introduced Tool in front of 22,000 people on my first night, and I didn't deserve it. And I, and Black Frank deserved that night. He really deserved that night. So And, and then I, you and stole it, it from him. I, I did not steal anything. I was given that, <laughs> and I took it and ran. You were given and if you're listening, Frank Webb, you know how much I love you. We're still friends. Uh, it was not my fault. It was theirs. But yeah, I took that shit, and I ran with Listen, it. I and, I, a, and I became the boss. I have a rule. Not a rule. I shouldn't even call it a rule. I have a... I don't even know what you call it. Something I firmly believe in. Don't fuck anybody over on purpose. No. But if, but if you're handed an opportunity... Don't waste it. Don't waste it. No. No. If anybody gets butt hurt in the process, that's their problem. Now, I apologize to him. Oh, absolutely. I figured out what happened, and I, I felt terrible. And I, to this day, obviously, from this story, I feel terrible about it. I, What am I supposed to do? Yeah. No, no, no. I didn't even know him. I'd never met him before. He'd never met me. That's why he went, <laughs> who the fuck is this guy? Right. And he's like, uh, he's our next guy. And weird enough, I ended up being director of promotions and deciding who got what. And I try to give him every gig I can give him. And uh, and he's still a great friend and a great guy. And he did more for the Fox, especially with the metal and music and hard bands right. than anyone will ever give him credit for. He's amazing. Nice. You did not have anything that was heavy other than pop, uh, whatever Top 40 was. Right. He was the guy that made the Fox... He basically made half of the fox the fox himself. Right. Black Frank. Frank Webb. He's nice. amazing, amazing. I'm pretty man. sure I've met him before. I bought a car from him once. The, the, the problem, the, the biggest problem I have, 
I, I joke about my memory. My memory's not really sh- real shitty. It's kind of shitty on timelines and dates. I'm fucking horrible with that. But you're also of, bad with names. Oh, I'm shit. Uh, no, uh, no, I've heard all the last five podcasts. I'm horrible. Please don't ask me to do names. Oh, dude, I won't. Uh, so I what's his face? Did what, what? What's stuff in the stuff? Yeah, but you also <laughs> the stuff in the stuff. I like that. But you also know I'll tell a motherfucker straight up, dude. I do not know I, your I'm name. So, you know what? Own it. I do. I, do, I own I'm, it. Listen, I, I know it. I know you. I know you're cool. I know we've I met. Not remember your name. Yeah. Don't judge me. Right. That's but coming was, up in social media nice. issues. But what I was getting at <coughs> is when I first moved here, I met so many fucking people. Fuck yeah. So fucking fast. It's huge. Well, I was pretty fortunate. I mean, I was given the opportunity, just like we were just talking you about. You were in a great band. I came into a band that was already established. And I came from 800 miles away. I didn't know anybody up here. And they all went. ATL. High five in a microphone. That was the best one so far. And we we did that first show. And it's. And I'm going, I I have people soup. Leave me the fuck alone. I just want to go outside and have a coffee. Soup. Dude, I it say was, it all the time. Oh, I had soup. people soup, man. I couldn't figure uh, out I say I say the word soup all the time about that. I mean, think about being on the air, mm-hmm. in a band, mm-hmm. 20 years, oh, yeah. radio, TV, whatever it is, soup. Oh, I get it. I just can't. No, dude, I... I just... You, you, learn, you learn four or five phrases. What's up, chief? <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, my, what's happening, my man? Son. You do the Jerry Reed... Son, my favorite one is Dane Cook. I don't know if you're a fan of his or not, and I don't really care. But he was talking about that very thing, and he goes, "This is my go-to all the time." You, you, you. you. What is he doing? The doing Robert De Niro? <laughs> yep. You, 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 you. You are the you, 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 and the you with the you and the you. The time that you and you did you and you. I love you. You. That's pretty much it. And the you. Oh, but don't forget the you. I do and this your, all day. And your sister, uh, the you. Uh, uh, I do, but I got the face on going. You too. do got the face going. Ah, you, <laughs> you, Karen. That's a little deep pull, deep pull. It was a little. That was good. Um, all right, so we got through all that bullshit. When did you get out of radio? When did you get handsomely let go? Handsomely let go. Uh, and it's a great story. You know, listen, a lot of people get fired from jobs. I've been fired from a lot of fucking jobs. But I've never fired from been fired from a job where the general manager of the company cried. Ugh. The super bitch controller went, that's our phone. It's our <laughs> phone. You can't have the phone. And the human resources director went, oh, no, he bought that special phone. So, no, it's his phone. <laughs> well, we get his contacts. That's his contact. She went, no, that's... Wink, wink. No, she's winking at me the whole time. Going, no, it's uh, it's special. It's, it was a Trio Seven Fifty, like this weird computer phone. Before there were smartphones, it right. was a, like a nine hundred dollar phone. She lied and let me keep all my contacts and everything. And no, no, it's his phone. It's his phone. <laughs> and the control's like, fuck you. And then the 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 boss actually looked at me. Kevin Hughes was his name. And I saw him years later, and he literally stopped me at Horseshoe Casino and went, it's the hardest fucking day of my life, man. I went home and drank until I passed out. Damn. It was like, I, it was hard. You have done so much for this company. 
And I was told your figures because of numbers. I made $22,000 a year as director of promotions for the Fox. That was my salary. $22,000 a year. I made $58,000 that year, which means $36,000 was me doing gigs at the Phoenix Hill Booty Shake Contest. Right. The Butcher Town, whatever. The Buffalo Wild Wings. I literally made more doing gigs than I did for my actual on air. And I did every concert, every gig, everything every everything you heard on the air, I had to write. Right. So when I said, this weekend at Buffalo Wildwings, blah, 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 that was me. I wrote all that stuff and just gave it to the disc jockeys, which they could either improvise or just read. Right. And most of them chose to just read what I wrote. I wrote all that stuff for years. So basically when iHeartMedia bought out Clear Channel, there was three director of promotions: me, Kelly, Burton, and Ron. Okay, Ron and Mel. Ron and Mel. I can't think of Ron's last name. Ron and Mel were uh, uh, for HAS. Everybody knows Ron and Mel. So it was Ron, me, and Kelly. And I kept joking, going, "I'm gonna get fired." I'm like, "You're not gonna get fired." I was like, "I'm telling you right now, Black Friday for radio is coming up. You know, they got rid of these people last year. This year, it's gonna be me." Rocky Knight, it's going to be Chris McGill, it's going to be this person. They're going, you're not going to get fired. And I'm going, I'm getting fired. And they went, Scott, if you were getting fired, I would fucking know about it. If you don't stop talking about getting fucking fired, I'm going to fucking fire you. And I went, <laughs> So that Friday before Thanksgiving, I wore all black and I drove in my black Miata. Because I was cool. I drove a Miata. I did. It was awesome. Uh, It's like a go-kart. I said earlier you're our douchebag. I'm certainly a douchebag now. You're a platinum douchebag. I know, but man, I didn't know. That was the first time I was able to spend $20,000 on a car. I didn't know any better. It drove. It was fast. I loved it. (laughs) And it was little. It was little. And I'm a little guy. I was like, go-kart. So uh, I, I drove that. You're not platinum anymore because that was a good. That was a good save. Go for it. I drove it to work and I was literally listening to Steely Dan's Black Friday. When Black Friday mm. comes, the whole way to work. And I walked in. I saw my. I had two bosses. I had Charlie Steele, mm. and I had Kelly Burton, who were my director of promotions. Charlie Steele was my on-air boss. Right. And I walked in. I was like. Today's the day I get fired. She goes, if you say it again, I'm going to fire you yourself. Myself. Whatever. Uh, And then (laughs) the vice president, Kelly fucking Carls. I fucking hate you, and I will stab you if I ever get the chance. Walk down the hallway. While I'm standing there saying that to Kelly, went, yeah, Scott, we need to go up and see you in the uh, president's office. And I looked at her, and I went, I told you so. I walked up there, sat down, and I had the whole thing with the one girl from, that's not his cell phone. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, oh, it's his cell phone, and one girl helping me, and the boss comes up and gives me a check for $26,000. I think at this point I can say it. Take Statute the, of limitations is gone. Take the rest of the year off. I'm so sorry. You did nothing wrong. If we can hire you back, you're the first guy that's going to be hired back. Your unemployment, taken care of. But security's going to have to walk you out of here. And I went, wow, that's a great idea. Uh, by the way, I just want to remind you, I still work for L, 
And I got to do the Cardinal Insider at 5 o'clock. Oh, and after that, at 7, I get on a plane with uh, Bobby Petrino. And we're going to fly out to Tampa. So I still need the $14,000 worth of equipment in that box. And I'm going to be on the air at 5 o'clock in two hours. So you all figure it out. And I went, uh, we forgot about all that stuff. <laughs> I was like, so you want to lock me out of my office? So the human resources girl took me out of my office and I literally went, ticket, 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 first place, first place, first, front row, da 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 da. <laughs> Everything I could think of at the Are moment. Are you serious? Shoved it in a box and she went, Take it all. Nice. <laughs> I shoved every prize, everything I could think of in a box and ran out of that place. And then an out two hours I went and got as hammered as I could get. I just lost my job. Right. My phone is turned off. My wife sees it on TV that I'm fired. You hadn't even told her yet. But she she can't get a hold of me. I what about what am I gonna get her go to a pay phone? Right. I don't know her work number. <laughs> Who knows someone's work number? So I went and got hammered, and then I had to go back and do a two-hour radio show for L on the Clear Channel station, then walk out of the building with $14,000 worth of broadcast equipment and get on a plane and fly to Tampa. Thank you. Damn. Well, the, obviously, somebody didn't pay attention. And then the following Monday... And the following Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I was still on the Cardinal Insider every day at 5 o'clock for about another year and a half. Did you do it at the studio? Yeah. That was part of the deal. And Phoenix Hill, Ben Rogers, Frankie Rogers. I love Frankie. They went, no. He still does our Friday night uh, happy hour and our booty shake contest on Wednesday. That was $600 a week. Nope. He still does it, or we'll cancel our, we'll cancel our whole uh, uh, ad, ad buy ad campaign. Yeah, and they went, no, it's still Scott. Screw you guys. <laughs> and what are they going to say? No. So the year I was laid off, I made fifty six thousand dollars that year, and the guys at headliners went, yeah, come down and bartend. You're on full time now. Now I remember that. And I did it. I did it. Well, as a let me rephrase it. I remember you telling me that. I did it as a goof in the beginning. You all need some help. Why don't I just go on the other side of the bar and help you out? I'm gonna be on this side drinking for free, or I can be on that side drinking for free and help you out when you need it. I don't care about the money. Right. And I did that for about a year. But I, I made what I made that year, the following year, for nothing. The city. Funny. This city will take care of you if you're a good guy. Oh, I, I I agree with that completely. It's it's. Taking care of me since I moved up here, and it's it's done some cool shit. It's a good city. It, it is. My biggest bitch, and I, I've said it on a few episodes. Um, trying to think of the last episode I said it on, which is really fucking irrelevant. Edit. I said it on the last... Edit. 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 Who is this edit fucking person? You want to go smoke and edit? No, I'm not going to edit, but I will pause, smoke, pee, and get a coffee. I like it. Okay, so we really did pause and go pee and all kinds of other crap. Yep. But the biggest reason was I needed more coffee. Yes. I had to have more coffee. More coffee seems to be the theme. It is always a theme with me, sir. At, the, at 10.30 at night when you're doing a podcast and I'm 47 years old, you goddamn well better have some coffee. Well, I got decaf. I mean, if you're a pussy. No, I don't. I want that one more. <laughs> that sounded good. It's good pod. Good pod. Good, good pod. Good pod. Okay, so before we started recording... 
you started to tell me something about this podcast and you said, nope, I'm going to wait. What were you talking about? Uh, you had asked me when you wanted to start doing this podcast, did I have any advice? Yeah, because I sent you a link a long time ago. Or actually, no, it wasn't even a link. It was one of my first trial runs. And I refused to listen. Yes, that was the part I wanted to know. Why? Because it's exactly what I wanted to do. I'm conf- you wanted to do a podcast? I, what you're doing right now is exactly what I was going to do. But I didn't have the time or the patience to do it. And you had the wherewithal to do it. I like how so you kind of heard my word wherewithal. wherewithal. I like that. Uh, uh, it, 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 I was. No, Were you butt hurt? Did I butt hurt you? No, you beat me. You did what I wanted to do. I, did, I don't know how to say it. You did what I wanted to do, but I didn't have the time or the patience to do it or the wherewithal to get it done. And you did it. And then you wanted my, and I'm like, God, now he wants my advice. <laughs> and he wants my time to listen. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fuck what that guy. What do I know? <laughs> and then when I listened to the first one, I think the first one I listened to was the Dave Moody episode. Right. And I'd go way back with Dave Moody. Right. And you blew me away. Oh. You're the way that you, you, you know, interviewing people. You, I actually have notes. Would you like to see the notes? Or should I start talking about the notes? Hey, kids, this is for fucking real. He really does have notes. I like that notebook, too, by the way. That's you know, cool. when I first started interviewing people, I the, the thing that I always, I always wanted to be the fan of that person. Right. Ask that person, whoever's listening is a fan. Right. What do they want to know? Right. If you're a fan, what do you want to know from right. that guy? So I always said... Ask a question, get out of the fucking way. And you do that. You really do a great job. Now, you didn't know how to interview people. No. You never had any training. No, and I still don't really think I interview people. I just ask questions that I genuinely want to know. Ask questions, get out of the way. Yeah, And you do great at that. And then the other thing that you do is great is you reply with something similar to the story that that person... Here's how what you're saying relates to me and my fans. You do that great. Okay. Are you, are you saying I'm kind of smart? I'm saying you're good at what you're doing. <laughs> Damn, Damn it, I was really going for smart. <laughs> uh, hey, dude, you're I beat on smart. I beat on drums. I'm not that fucking smart. You do. You do a great <laughs> job at that. Then you asked me some other. You know, what else could I do? Right. And now the first thing I was going to tell you, the first couple uh, podcasts you did, you just asked. It was a straight interview, and that's fine. I have one of my favorite podcasts, a straight interview, and we'll talk about it later when we talk about what I'm ta- what I'm listening to. Right. But uh, you have now have segments. I do. Where you have the social media issues, mm-hmm. stories from the stage, mm-hmm. or stories from the booth, or whatever you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You have segments. I do. And I think that's important to fans of podcasts. They like to have those. I, I agree. And, and, and because we're talking about this on my podcast... Uh, one of the things I've actually never talked about on the show in depth was the, and I'm not saying this for sympathy, it's just a fact, the brutal process it was for me to learn all this shit and learn how to do it. I play drums. I'm good at that. I drink coffee. I'm good at that. <laughs> I hang out with my wife. I'm good at that. Doing that shit right there, I'm not so good at it. You're actually pretty good at it. Well, here's what I've figured out. Thank you for the compliment. But here's what I've figured out why I'm good at that. And it's very ironic. I think 
Not 100% sure, but I think the reason I'm good at doing this shit is from sitting in studios of all the shit I've recorded over the years, obsessively watching the Pro Tools screen. As we watch. As I'm looking at. We're watching my the waves sc- record. The waves, yep. Um, I, th- I don't know. I think that's the only reason that I'm good at that part because I do this all. I don't know if anybody even knows this because, again, I've never talked about it on the show. I do everything myself. I edit the whole thing. I do all the. I put all the music. I do all the fades. I do. I, I do everything. I don't have a producer. I'm a one man fucking show. Literally a one, one man, man, one, one microphone. microphone. High five in that microphone. Fucking <laughs> oh, show. That, that was terrible. Was terrible. Dude, Look at the elbow. I, We've talked about this. I was looking at your face. It's oh my oh, god, you're so cute. Stop it. <laughs> uh, what you do is ask good questions. Thank you. I try. You ask good questions. You prompt the person to talk about themselves. Like I was telling you earlier when I called you, I was like, I'm so excited about doing this because I've interviewed Joe Perry. I've interviewed Kid Rock. I've interviewed Kurt or uh, Kurt uh, Hammett. I've interviewed a million people. Don't do it yet. I know what you're looking at. I know that look. <laughs> I, uh, I've interviewed a million me, people, but I've never been interviewed before today. Nice. Someone asking me questions. I was so excited. My wife's like, you're going to some guy's house in the East End, 22 miles away. I was like, yeah, somebody's interviewing yeah. me. Somebody's interviewing me, and they're going to give me coffee. Well, and yes. he's for once, put it, he, by the way, Stephen O'Reilly for once has booze in his coffee. I do. I do. That's because of Scott Clark. That's true. By the way, on the show, in the microphone, whatever you want to call it, thank you for the gifts of the booze in my coffee. <laughs> you, mean, you mean the special backpacks I got for you and Stacey? I wasn't going to say anything about that. I was talking oh, about yeah. booze in my coffee, but yeah. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Four Roses, for getting Stephen and Stacy a huge backpack full of cool shit. Now, we could we, we could talk about a Four Rose sponsorship. <laughs> Everybody, Ryan Murphy called me for that the other day. I was like, uh, no. Call the... Uh, I, to, I told him what to do. But everybody, edit that out. And don't edit that out. Ryan loves me. I, he called me that. I was like, people I love call me, me some Ryan. People call me for sponsorships all the time. Like that's not how this works. <laughs> you would think Scott Clark would just write a check or make a phone call. And could I do that for the right thing? Probably could. But no, you need to go to the proper channels and get that shit done. <laughs> Here's how you do it. Now I'll tell them how to do it. Now. We were talking about segments for your show, and Wait, I was freeze. so happy. Pause. I can't contain this anymore. Okay. My favorite story that you have ever told me. <laughs> this is one I've told a hundred people. I if can't I've told wait one. for this, I'm oh, no, no, no. shit down. It's, it's super short. You can pick your notebook back up because it's super short. I think I might know what it is. I, I don't know. I don't even know where we were. We were at a gig, and you were talking about hanging out with Nickelback. I think it was might have been you. Were, I think the show that you were with them at was at LRS Fest. I'm. I've never been to LRS. Okay, Fest. then that wasn't it. Fuck LRS. Fine, but the point I'm getting at is you told me this story that you were sitting next to Chad Coger, and you hanging. No, I was hanging. Oh no no. Oh, this is gonna be a good story. You know you what I'm talking ready? about? I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, this is at the Radio Music Awards. That's what this, it was. Okay. This goes into that night with four other people. Elton John, uh, um, Daryl McDaniels, Nickelback, Crossfade, Jim Rome, and Cocaine. Crossfade. 
It was the craziest mm. night. So I'm doing the Radio Gosh. Music Awards. This is going to be a long story. You got a minute? I got plenty of minutes. I was just sighing about CrossFit. So I'm doing the Radio Music Awards in Vegas. We're staying at what's now Planet Hollywood. At the time, it was... Um, God, what was it? Who gives a shit? Doesn't matter. It's what's Planet Hollywood now. My boss, Michael Lee, was supposed to go with me. I'm at the airport on that morning going, where are you, man? Our plane's leaving. You got 45 minutes. Where are you? Never got a phone call. Never got a nothing. So I go to the Radio Music Awards to broadcast by myself. Go to my room. Hello, Mr. Clark. Yes, you've been upgraded to the uh, penthouse suite. Okay. Go to the penthouse suite, walk in the room, and there's a quarter ounce of cocaine. Now, I don't know if, listen, I'm not a big cocaine guy. I'm not saying I've never done it. I'm saying I'm not a huge cocaine guy. There's a quarter ounce of cocaine, which is about the size of two golf balls. Sitting on the uh, coffee table of this hotel room that I'm not even supposed to have. There's also eight tickets to see Elton John. Elton John was going to do a run at Caesars, which he still does. Right. He was going to do a run, and this was the grand opening night, celebrities only. And I've got eight tickets with a pound of cocaine basically <laughs> to me I'm like holy shit who left a softball full of cocaine in my room I was a very popular person that weekend I would imagine that you were sir so I get, basically gave it all away most of it away <laughs> I go outside and I meet a bunch of people from Premier Radio Networks which were the guys from Jim Rome show at the time Right. they became my best friends wink wink Nudge, nudge. <laughs> I run into Daryl McDaniels from Run DMC. DMC. And I went, I want to tell you, in 1984, I had a bootleg cassette of your all's first album, and I went to a breakdance contest at the OD Pavilion in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, whipped out cardboard, threw out some sand, and started breakdancing. And I started doing it to your all stuff, and they're like, "What is that?" And I went, "It's called rap. It's out of it's out of New York." They didn't know what it was, and nice. to this day, nice. because of him, that was my start into rock music. Think about it: it's, Run DMC was rock box. Oh, but basically, it was yeah. rap. Rap and roll is what I called it. Right. Because of that, I'm here where I'm doing tonight to interview you tomorrow. Thank you. And he was like. That's the sweetest thing anyone's ever told me. And this is right after Jam Master Jay got shot. Right. So he's like, that's the sweetest thing everybody told me. Gave me a hug. Interviewed him the next day. And I said, what's it like to be an inventor? You know, got Linkin Park, uh, Limp Biscuit. You're the inventor of what I call rap and roll. And he went, rap and roll. I like that. I'm going to trademark. And I went, too late. I already trademarked. You're going to pay me. <laughs> and he laughed and he hugged me. And DMC to this day, still friend. We nice. still talk every now and then. Nice. Not very often. You know, it's not one of those days. No, no, no. I get it. What's up, Han? What's happening, Holmes? What, yeah, what's up? What's up, Holmes? What's up? That's it. So I go uh, that night. I get the tickets. We end up going to uh, all these people from Premier Radio Networks. I'm giving them all the said white powder substance. Mm-hmm. 
Everybody's my best friend. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. This is, I mean, think about it. Anybody that's ever done cocaine, you get a little bag. It's the size of a uh, marble. Right. This is the size of a softball. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what to, I'm just, (laughs) here you go, here you go, here you go. I was everyone's best friend. Mm Mm-hmm. So the guys from Premier Radio Networks and I went to Caesars, which they were doing a kind of a premiere for uh, Elton John. His first, he was going to do that stint at at Caesars, right? So he's going to do a performance, and it's set up like uh, an airplane terminal. So everybody got airplane. I still have the baggage. Like you get a free suitcase bag. Oh, like a rolly bag. Yeah, rolly bag. You get all this free gear in it. You get it and you sign in with your little uh, check in with your uh, wristband and everything. So everybody's like being treated. 100 people went to this event for Elton John. There's only 100 people there and me and my seven new best friends (laughs) (laughs) that have weird white substances all over their nose are going with me to this concert. Wipe your nose, brother. Wipe your nose. And I'm not kidding. You're showing. You're showing. You're showing. You're showing. (laughs) And I kid you not, I sat, uh, if I can imagine anybody's house, from your couch to your TV, that's how close I am to Elton John. As he does 15 songs. Oy. Elton John. No. I'm there and no, there's no, no, only a no, hundred no, no, no. people. No, 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 I no. open the door. It's Elton fucking John. I open the door and the guy from Train, the lead singer from Train. Pat something. Pat, yeah. Oh, I open the door for him and he's like, thanks man. I went, I don't open for you man. I open for your wife. <laughs> and he thought it was funny and gave me a <laughs> high five and a microphone. He did. <laughs> and he thought it was hilarious. I walk in. I see, um, God, what can I think of his name? John Waite, who's in The Babies, was in Bad English. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm talking about? John Waite. I do. I know exactly who you're talking I walked about. right up to him, and I'm a, I'm a fucking asshole, but it was the... I couldn't... I'm funny. <laughs> I walked right up to him and went, hey, I'm the seventh guy that bought the second Bad English album. <laughs> he should have punched me in the face. And instead, he laughed... Gave me a high five on the microphone <laughs> and said, that's great, man. You got a cigarette? <laughs> and we went outside and I smoked with John Waite and we hung out. And literally that whole weekend, I hung out with John Waite. Nice. Now that's another story. Yeah. So then, that this is all in the same night, the same one hour before <laughs> the concert and hour of the concert. So I walk into the bar, get a drink. There's fucking Jose Canseco. And I go, look around, look over my shoulder both ways and I went, the Bash Brothers. It's like, no, man, I can't. If I do the Bash Brothers with you, I got to do it. It's like, shut up, man. Do it. Do it real quick, low. And he's like, all right. And so we did the Bash Brothers I down low. I don't know what that is. Bash Brothers is a sports term. Him and Mark McGuire, when they would hit home runs and they would run around the bases, they would, one would hope they're on this way, they hold the other, and they would basically X's, and they called themselves the Bash Brothers. Gotcha. Back in the Oakland A's days when they were hitting a lot of home runs. Yeah, that's that whole... He's like, I can't do it with you. If I do it with you, I got to do it with everybody. Shut up, man. Just give me one real real quick. And he went, look behind him. Boom, hit me one real quick. Nice. So it was really cool. So then I'm sitting there, and and to think about this, I've already met the guy from Train, Elton John... John Waite and I are now smoking and best friends. <laughs> Jose Canseco and I'm just in Bash Brothers. Ryan, the guitar player, and Chad Kroger from Nickelback walk in. And now I've already interviewed both of them when I was at the Fox more than once. Right. 
guess part of me assumed that I knew them or that they would know who I was. Right. Well, let's just say they didn't. <laughs> but I walk up and I started patting them. Like you're like you're patting down a, a, an arrest. Somebody's under arrest. Start patting down their pockets, and they really have no idea who I am. Where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? Which what you got? What you got? Oh, what's what's it? It's like what are you? I'm like, I'm looking for the chart. They're like the chart of what? And I went, the chart of how you all continually write hit songs over and over again. <laughs> and they looked at each other, stopped for a second, smiled, and went. I want to go buy you a drink. And we hung out and drank the rest of the night. Now, here's the funny thing. People fucking hate Nickelback. I do not. I don't at all. If you don't, fine. Listen, I don't like a lot of bands. I don't like a lot of metal. I, just, I can name a million bands I don't like. But if you don't respect Nickelback, you're a fucking fool. I agree. Because they have I a agree. way of, at that time, writing songs and it was a perfect pattern. I, and I told Chad that night. So it's where you start acoustically, you build it up, and then you bring in the electric guitar, chunk, 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 and the drums, bump, 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 boom, and then there's your chorus. You yep. do the same thing. You have your little beginning line, then you have your hook that builds up to another hook that builds up to another hook, and then you bring it back around, then you have a bridge, then you go back down. Yep. It's up and back down. They yep. do it every song they've ever written. Yep. Now listen, I don't own, I didn't I didn't purposely buy any Nickelback albums. Right. But when it comes on my shuffle, I don't turn it off. I've said it before on this show, um, I think the Elitist Music Snob episode that I did, which was a solo show, uh, for you fuckers that are listening, if you haven't heard it, go back and find it. It's good. And I said that on that show. You can't say anything sucks. You can say you hate it. You can say you don't you like it. Don't like it. You'd rather get kicked in the balls than listen to it. But it does not suck. Any band that has sold 80 million records does not fucking suck. They win. You're right. And Chad said the greatest line ever that I've heard a band like them say. Or a band in that situation, I, I should say. Go, got one to follow up. Well, this was just a few months ago. He was on Eddie Trunk doing a Sirius XM thing. And Eddie brought up what do you think the deal is with a Nickelback hate? And he busted out laughing. And he basically just kind of said, I think we're an easy target, but I really don't care because my bank account says I win. When he did, <laughs> what was the Spider-Man soundtrack? Uh, when him song, and Josie Scott. Yeah, from now listen, either. Uh No, jo- it was Saliva. Saliva, I'm sorry, you're right. Uh, yeah. You're right, sorry. Saliva, sorry. and they, they did that uh, Spider-Man soundtrack yeah, song. Yeah, I know, I know the song you're talking about. I became pretty good friends with Saliva, Josie, the band, Scotty, their tour manager. I've got another story about that. Don't let me forget about because that, that's my Stevie Nicks story. Oh, okay. Um, but Scotty and I, we became friends, and I went out and I meant anytime they were anywhere in town, I would hang out with them. I honestly believe that uh, uh, the song from Saliva uh, that Nikki Six, your good friend, wrote on that's another story from the uh, Radio Music Awards. I don't want to miss. Uh, the, you talking about Saliva's first me. big hit? No, 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 no. I'm talking about no. That's uh, click, click, boom. I'm talking about uh, the third album where they did um, the ballady type. Piece song? of me, pieces of me. That was not Nikki Six. That was James Michael. James now, Michael. I heard you. I heard you talking about that earlier. Yeah. James well, anyway, Nikki gets credit for that. He does. Now, I remember being on a tour bus. <laughs> James Michael gets the check. In Indianapolis, <laughs> I was on a tour bus in Indianapolis doing. Substances with 
a certain so-called member of Saliva. Uh, and he was playing that song for me on a right-handed guitar played upside down left-handed. And I just started singing harmonies to what he was doing. Nice. And that ended up on the album. I'll never get credit. No one will ever believe me about that. But I have my one of my best friends in the world, Andrew Pike, was sitting with me when I did that. Nice. And I'm telling you, the harmonies on that song. Are you? I, I wouldn't say they're me. I would say <laughs> uh, they might be inspired by me. Nice. Very cool. So I basically with the Nickelback, I basically patted him on the shoulder, on their pants and went, where Where's, where's the chart? What are you talking about? I was like, I wanted that piece of music that you have that says... Well, wait. You were going somewhere with the Spider-Man so- song. That was the Spider-Man song. Okay. Oh, uh, oh, oh no. Here's, no, here's the best story. Yeah. So I went back years later, and because Josie had told me he ripped me off, he stole that. I wrote the whole song. That was on me. He came and got, I, got, I made I made $10,000 for that whole song. And tried Chad Kroger, I mean, he's a businessman. He goes... They asked me to do that soundtrack. They asked me to do a song. I gave him $10,000 to help me write a song. And I spent $100,000 on the studio time to do that song out of my own pocket. And it became a hit. Now, what am I supposed to do? Pay him his ten grand? Not pay him his ten grand, Or not keep all the profits? When I spent all the money and risked every dime for that one recording of one song to help my buddy out. And now he's mad at me about that? Tell Josie Scott to come see me, and then I'll tell him to go fuck himself. And I went, you and I are great friends. <laughs> so Chad and Ryan from Nickelback, if you don't like Nickelback, you're stupid. If you believe that whole bullshit, that they're not a good, great band, they're an amazing band. Dude, they're a I mean, stupid good life. Uh, uh, what's his face left three doors down to join Nickelback? The oh, drummer. Daniel Adair. Yeah. Who is a monster a drummer. A monster drummer. I mean, he's, 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 you know who he reminds me of? Who? Ryan Murphy. He loves that double crash. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. Da, yep. da, 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 yeah, da. he does. Da, da, where you just finished that last note where you go, da, 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 da. Yep. Love him. Love no. Daniel Adair. You're right. Daniel Adair. Amazing oh, drummer. He's a good And player. then his brother's on bass, and you got Ryan that stayed in the band all those years. Mm-hmm. Look at this photograph. Oh, yeah. Hey, look at this photograph of a million dollar check. <laughs> Those songs are great. Dude, they're good. I don't care if you like them or not. There's a lot of bands that I don't like, but I respect. Absolutely. I talk about I've, I, it's it's turned into the past not three or four thing. episodes. I've talked about that. So, the Stevie Nicks story. No, let's go back to the Nikki. Oh, six. the Nikki Six story. Because you're wait, Stevie big, Nicks, Nikki Six. Now they all kind of go inside together. Yeah. You got time? Dude, I got, how are we doing? On I got right. as much time as you want. <clears throat> so, same weekend, Radio Music Awards. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, this is at uh, Planet Hollywood, whatever it was at the time. I can't remember. But it's, imagine four ballrooms. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about like huge wedding ballrooms. ballrooms yeah. Where you got uh, uh, American, or I'm sorry, uh, R&B, hip-hop, country, and rock. Four different ballrooms with 60 radio broadcasters in each one of those. So there's 240. Ro- and everybody's connected to wait, a line wait, to wait. an ISDN. And musicians? Boy, that's a lot of fucking ego in that that's building. A I mean, literally, it was so hot. <laughs> Not to mention the big, huge ball. Softball. Softball size. So there's 60 broadcasters in every room times four. 240. 
math. I'm 200. So that's carry the one. But the, you know what it is. There's a lot of people. A lot of motherfucking people. And that's a lot of motherfuckers. And that day, I, you know, Darren McDaniels came by. I, I, you look at my Facebook page. It's me and Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart. Nice. I mean, I can sit here and go on and on. Chad came by. So Nikki comes by. Nikki Six. Mm-hmm. Motley Crue comes by. And he's like next to, and literally they're going from table to table in each room. So yeah. he comes, but I'm probably the 15th person at the table. I'm all whacked out of my brain. It's been a long weekend. <laughs> Nicky says, come by and I go, hey, Nick, how's uh, Brides of Destruction doing? He's like, oh, man, that's great. I was like, I saw your spins last week on uh, Billboard. He's like, oh, yeah. So he obviously knew that I knew who he was and what Brides of Destruction was, his side project. Right. But I was like, man, I'm not on the air for another 15 minutes. Uh, do you want to go into a, a broadcast and come back? I don't want to waste your time. He goes, fuck these jabronis. You know who Brides of Destruction are. How about <laughs> I just sit down here and have a cigarette with you for 15 minutes? And I went, have a seat, Nick. Now, this is Las Vegas. It's a showroom. It's a non-smoking room. He lights up a cigarette. Who's going to tell Nikki Six not to smoke? True. So I pulled up my coffee cup, slide it up next to him, <laughs> light up a cigarette, too. <laughs> And then we commenced to start telling Motley Crue stories versus whatever Will stories. Now, I'm a local, you know, regional, whatever you want to call it, cover band in Louisville. We played from Chicago to Panama. We did 27 cities for 17 years. Right. But I'm still telling him local band stories, Motley Crue stories. Right. Here's his story. They're on a bus on the Dr. Feelgood tour. Right. They're on a bus from somewhere in... Wisconsin to Des Moines, Iowa, and they're pause. Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Okay, carry on. So they're on their way. They're driving basically down in farm country. Right. Doc McGee, their manager, Uh is playing on his laptop, doing his business, and they all get up. And this is Tommy, Mick, uh, 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 Nikki, and Vince. Mm -hmm. They all come up and they go, "This is fucking bullshit, man." Fucking played last night. Why are we not on a fucking jet? I can't believe we're driving through fucking Iowa on a bus. It's 12 o'clock. I'm hungover. There's no hookers. We got no blow. This bullshit. But then Doc Me goes, looks out the window. He goes, what's that guy doing? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, look out the window. What's that guy doing? And so Vince, Mick, Nikki, Tommy, look out the window. And there's a guy out in the field in Iowa Digging post holes. Now, have you ever worked a post hole digger if you're a working man? You know what? It's not easy. It's not easy. Stamp, pull, pick up, dump. Stamp, pull, pick up, dump. Yeah, I've done it. Over and over again. I've done it. And they went, he's digging post... Oh. He's digging post holes. We get it. All right, we're going to go back to bed. (laughs) And they were basically going... Oh, we could be doing that. You, you jabronis could be doing. All four of you should be doing that. And you're you made a million dollars last night a piece, and they were making one million dollars a night on that Doctor Feelgood tour. A million a night a piece, and they're bitching that they because it was better for the tour management. Like you said, you know, uh, Jesse said the other night uh, on on your podcast, where that one gig in the field somewhere. Oh yeah, paid for paid the for the entire yeah. tour. And Doc McGee, the most successful band manager ever, goes ever. Fuck you guys. You should be digging post holes. Go back to bed. And they all went. I'm sorry, Doc. <laughs> and that's the story that Nikki Six told me. That's awesome. 
That's yeah. fucking cool. And my story to Nikki Six was, I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I was with Billy Masters, and he was in uh, whatever world at the time. When we played Chattanooga, it's the weirdest shit in the world. The Velcro Pygmies hooked us up in Chattanooga. Right. They were starved for entertainment. It's the only thing I can think of. This weird bar had a four by eight stage, and I mean four by eight. So everyone was one after the other in a straight line with four feet in front of them. And you could either stand on the little stoop or people <laughs> would stand on the stoop. 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 But it was weird. We would go to the mall and people would run outside and go, can we get your autograph? And we're like, you realize we're playing people, other people's music. Yes, you can have my autograph. We would go to the mall and get hounded like the Beatles. It was the weirdest shit in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Thank you, Cam. Thank you, Chris. Thank you to the Velcro Pygmies for doing what they did. But to this day, you say the name whatever will and, and Chattanooga, Tennessee, and people go, who, what? It's the, weird, it's the weirdest thing. Ask anyone that's ever been in the band. So I'm there at the bar with Billy Masterson. He was in the band for a while, and I love Billy and the uh, uh, Stephen Clark's band. Ah, why can't I think? Oh, come on. Ass haulers. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Took me a second. So Billy Masterson, he was in whatever will for a while. And he's, you know, he was him and Frank were really good friends. And Frank, we're, all, we're still the best friends ever. Right. So Frank and our, um, uh, Billy and I are at the bar. And some guy goes, walks up and kind of whispers in our ear and goes, you want some Ritalin? <laughs> and I can't believe I actually, the funniest thing I ever said back was, what am I not paying attention to you? <laughs> I never get credit for that. I really, that was, come on. What am I not paying? Get it, Ritalin. Uh, the ADD. Do you see how red attention, my face is? Attention deficit. I got it. What am I not paying attention to you? There's many, many, many other stories from Chattanooga that I can never tell you. But all right. I'm hijacked. I keep, I, I literally have a note written down in my book that says, this is Steven's interview. It's not yours. I can't help myself. Dude, this show's always about me because my name's on it. So whoever I'm hanging out with, it's about you. What's next? You like how I did that, don't you? I do. I do. You like that, don't you? That my name's on you, it? No, you texted me that somewhere. That I, you like that, don't you? Oh, I probably did. That's yeah, pretty pretty awesome. <laughs> awesome. I do like that, by the way. I like that. I like that a lot. It's good times. So let's move on to social media issues. All right, so what do you got for me for social media issues? Because I know you got some shit. I think everything that everyone said in the last few episodes, I agree with 100%. Yeah, I keep saying this, and I'm, I, I don't know when I'm going to pull the trigger, but I think social media issues is probably going to have to go bye-bye soon. I'm, I'm out of shit to talk about with No. I'm, well, I've got a whole list of stuff for your new segments. Uh, game oh, yeah. show, game shows. Uh, net, what, what are you watching on Netflix? Ghost stories. Giveaways, live giveaways. Look, I'm a radio guy. This is what I do. I need swag first, fucker. I, get, I think I've given you swag tonight. Yeah, but I need swag that's got my logo on it. Uh, you have to buy that yourself. I know. Uh, I think we start there. Uh, social media. When you said this, I had you know I was going to do the political. Stop talking political. My wife and I are on one hundred percent 
ends of the spectrum, negative, positive, right. of social media. Or, I'm sorry, on political. We don't talk about it. She can be her her way. I can be my way. We make it work together. Right. Well, yeah. When she posts some fake news bullshit from the other side, I'm like, stop posting this shit. This is not, you, you make, this is fake. And I mean, I would be more on the liberal side. She's more on the Trump side. I'm like, don't. Unless you know it's true, don't post it. Why, why even get involved in it? Don't do anything. I don't do it, so you don't do it. We vote when the vote came up for Indiana and um, for the uh, uh, primary last month. Neither one of us voted because we knew we would just negate each other. <laughs> there was one guy, Jason Applegate, who's married to a friend of mine named Angie Fenton, that I voted for, and I told my wife I'm voting for this one guy. She voted for the guy too. We know the guy is going to be good for our community but no we didn't vote for anything else we refused to because we know we're just going to negate each other i need eye drops i got the glaze i'm glazing so hard right now because you don't i don't i don't do politics either man i just look just be honest that's all i give a shit about right so here's the issue or the not issue but here's something that happened there was a girl i don't want to say her name that Friended me on Facebook. Right. I saw her picture and I was like, I remember that girl. And you know, we we do what we do. Right. You never say no to somebody unless they're doing. You look at them and go, well, that's a fucking whack job. You don't do it. That's <laughs> not a whack job. They're a fan of me. I'm gonna yeah, sure for the most part, and yeah. I can unfriend them, unfollow, like whatever Ryan, you know, whatever Ryan said too. That's fine. So a friend of somebody that I remembered sent you a friend request, and I and I accepted it. And she kept trying to private message me. And then finally on Saturday, she was like, hey, yo. And I went, yo. Hey, what are you doing? And I was like, I, and I kept telling my wife, I was like, I know I know this girl. I know her picture. But I'm not sure. That I, I can't. For the, It's so embarrassing. I don't remember where I know her from. Right. I know her, but I can't remember how I know her. Right. And she's like, I'm so-and-so's little sister. And the guy she's talking about is a great guitar player. Fucking amazing. He's a whack job, but he's a great guitar player. I was like, okay, I remember who you're talking about, but how do we know each other? Who, which, which group of friends? What time period? I've lived here all my life. How do we know each other? Right. She starts basically professing her association with me. And she was like, and then I start seeing her start looking at all my pictures and like, 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 and there's 45 likes and I'm going... This is getting a little weird. And then she and then she friend, friend requests my wife. As I'm sitting next to my wife, she's like, I don't know who this broad is. My wife used the word broad. That's I fantastic. Love that broad. I who is too. this broad? Who is this broad? That's awesome. So she declines it. And she's like, your fucking wife just declined me. And I was like, listen, I, I know your face. And I know this sounds terrible. I've done a lot of things over my life to where <clears> I don't. Softball. <laughs> golf ball. I don't remember everything. <laughs> and she starts going, well, you know me from this person, this person, this person. And she started naming names and who is associated. And they're not all adding up. And my wife's, she's Republican, kind of paranoid going, I think this might be a scam. She's trying to, trying to get us. <laughs> like, nobody's going to get us. <laughs> you like, what are they going to get? Who's, what are they going to get? <laughs> we got LifeLock. Sponsor of the Stephen O'Reilly podcast, Bar Stars, Lifelock. Uh, nobody's going to get us. 
So she says, your wife just unfriended, refused my da 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 I'm like, listen, I'm sorry. I don't remember. I'm sure I know your face looks familiar. It's me, Scott. And I'm like, eh, I'm going to stop responding. And then within 30 minutes, delete, 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 no longer friend, unfollow, unfriend, uh, dot, dot, dot. And I was like, who does that? Who, who likes 45 of your things? Talks to you on a random Saturday. And then when you don't remember who they are after 25 years, unfriends everything and deletes you as a friend. Ooh, ooh, I know. Ooh, who is it? Is who? Steven? Steven O'Reilly. Crazy bitches. Crazy bitches. <laughs> <laughs> bitches be crazy. Bitches. Wait, you're doing Buck Cherry? She's a crazy bitch. I made some money off that song. Wait, what? so that's uh, that was one of the things that, it, and then the other social media issue that I thought of the other day, and I and I want to use his name because he knows he's one of my best friends. I've known him for years. We've been in a band together. He was upset that he put something on Facebook and no one showed up to his gig, and I was like, "Did anybody see my post? Did anybody come see my gig?" And I went, "Yeah, we all saw it. We all had shit to do. We're." all 40 i'm almost i'm 46 oh you know we're 40 to 50 years old we got kids puppies houses we don't all go out anymore i appreciate that you're still out there working out and anytime i get a chance to go see you i'm gonna be the first one there cheering you on i'm gonna get up on stage and sing with you but don't get upset when facebook is your only way of marketing shit you know get one of those apps where you do facebook twitter uh, uh, Instagram, get, do it all at once and put it on everything. And then, you know, what I did back in the day is I got email lists. Right. I mean, yeah, I was, he was even in a band with me when I was doing email lists. Give me your email address. Let's right. make it personal. Right. I'll email you personally and go, plan this, this, and this. When can you make it? No problem. I'll put you on a guest list on this night, this night, because I have this month. You do that kind of stuff. You just throw something on Facebook. And expect all your fans to show up. It's not going to happen. No. Well, the other thing, too. It's too much. It is too much. The other thing with that, because I'm still, quote, actively in the scene, if that's what the fuck you want to call it, because I still gig so much, is I think a lot of people, and I think Ryan Murphy actually said this the best when he was on my show. He did. I know what you're going to say. Make people aware is the best that you can do. People were going to do what they want to do because exactly what you just said. I'm tying you and Ryan together. I'm not. Listen, I play in bars. I play in casinos. I play weddings. I play corporate events. When I'm off, I'm probably not coming to see you play. I'm off. I'm off. I'm going to sit at home. How often do I get to sit at home? I've spent 20 to 25 years in bars behind my drums. 100%. And I love all of you dearly. High five in the microphone. Okay, I love most of you dearly. But when my wife's off and she's running around the Done. house in a t-shirt, no bra, you fuckers lose. I'm gone. I'm, I'm staying right. I'm home. Why do I want to go anywhere? Exactly. I've done this my entire life. Yep. Somebody said to me once. And before you say that, if you get offended by that, that's on you. You. Not, not on, on me. me. Nope. <laughs> we, we, get were, a, we, we, we were echo, synced up. Echo. We echo. Were li- uh, literally. There's the first one. I know it. We were synced on that one. Nah. Because, because, but that means that you get it. And it's it's not 100%. like a philosophy. It's a fucking fact. I can't tell you. People go, so you you produced UofL football and basketball. You, you flew around with the team. You watched every game. 
basketball and football for seven years. You flew with the team. You knew every one of those people. How do you sit at home and that not bother you? And I went, I had to fucking sit at home. I could have a beer. I've got a TV with a remote that has DVR and I get to rewind. I can blow it up. I can watch it I, in real time. I can pause it, go take a piss. For seven years, I had to sit there. I got cussed out by Rick Pitino. One of the greatest stories ever. Got cussed out by Rick Pitino. I get to, and I had to sit there every night, not move, not do anything. If I had to, literally, it was like, I got to piss it off, boss man. Paul Rogers would go, which button do I hit? That button. Okay. <laughs> I'd go piss. Right. It was it, So to sit at home and not have to do anything at this age, it's not that I, do I miss going out? You know what? Really, I don't. <laughs> People, someone said to me one time, I was like, man, I said, uh, I didn't get a birthday party. I can't remember what it was. I, don't, I didn't get a birthday party. No one cared about this. It was, I was feeling sorry for myself. And somebody went, your fucking life is a party. Aren't you happy with that? And I went, yes, I am. I did for, I mean, from, you know, 15 years, whatever it was, and whatever will, seven years on the radio, seven with whatever will, 10 and what I do now for liquor and wine. Right. My life has been a party. So when I get to sit home and do nothing, and people are upset about that, fuck you. That's on you. I get to sit at home. I finally get to watch a UFL football game. On TV, on a fifty-five inch screen TV, and rewind and watch whatever I want to drink, piss, whatever I want to do. I mean, the whole time I was literally with my hands on a soundboard. Right, Paul, coming up next. We got in the spot on the next. We got to make sure you hit the spot on the next one. Uh, uh, going down the field, Doug or me on the field. Let's go to the Doug. Let's go to Doug. Right, it's too much sports. Calm down. I mean, same thing. But I mean, I'm no, saying thing about it. producing. Right, That's, that I was it. my life. Well, in, in and this now is... I get to watch it on TV. Right, and again. This is not sympathy. This is just a fact. I'm so busy now with all the bullshit that I got my little fingers in on my DVR right now. I looked today because I was going to watch a show. Literally. No, I said I looked today. Okay, I was going to say literally. You're you just say. wanted to say it. I did want okay. to say Literally. You did good. Thank you. You did well. Excuse I've me. Correct English. Good. You did well. Anyway, I looked on my DVR today because I was going. I had about an hour. I was like, I'm going to watch a show. It's going to be awesome. Pulled up my DVR. There are 73 shows on my DVR. I shut my TV off. I said, I just, I need a fucking day off. I get it. So when I get a day off, and again, and I don't get me wrong, I still go out and I hang out with some of my friends. I go see bands. I don't. But it's few and far between because of things like, I have 73 shows on my DVR because I'm so fucking busy. I got rid of my DVR. I can't do that. There's too many shows I like. You can. You can. <laughs> no, let me rephrase that. I don't want to because there's too many shows I like. I love a lot of shows. <laughs> I do. You know, a lot of them are on Netflix now. A lot of them are only in my realm of what I can do and what I can't do. Right. Uh, there's, I've, I've, at 47, or four, almost 47, I only have so much time. Uh, well, and I, I want and, more and more time with my wife, my puppies, that's my in-laws. All my, my entire family is dead Right. Except for my sister, who's just survived cancer. Yes, she has. So all I've been keeping up with that. I care that's about. Awesome, by the way. All I care about is that's it. I don't no, care. I, I get it. I, I go get camping. It. I got taking the RV out this weekend. That's all I care about. Right. I just want family, puppies, friends. Sometimes I bring the guitar. Most of the time, I don't. Right. I don't. I have my headphones. Thank you, Frank Green, for fixing my MTX earbuds. 
make sure that owner of the MTX. I had some MTX uh, for the uh, uh, gig we did for Jason Schneider's nephew. Did you all play? Oh, yes. I yes, won yes, the yes, MTX yes. earbuds and the headphones. Right. The earbuds went bad. And so I, they they were just defective. They didn't get made properly. So I had my wife for our anniversary this year. I got her a car charger. <laughs> That's what she wanted. I was like, fix these headphones. And she emailed the company and they went, if you don't have a receipt, and he's like, he got it at a charity event. Like, you can't have it. You can get it. You got the UPC? She's like, yeah, I got the UPC. Here's the box. Yeah, I need the receipt. And I was like, Frank, where'd you get these from? He goes, they'll be there Friday. <laughs> the, the owner of MTX. Frank knows the owner of MTX headphones. And he goes, who's the girl of customer service? And I gave him the Basically, called the owner of MTX and had him email the girl from customer service. And he goes, oh, okay, they'll be there on Friday. <laughs> it's good to know people, man. It is. That's true. I don't even know where that was going, but. I don't either, but that's Frank Green is my best friend, and I love Frank Green. If you don't know Frank Green, you better go look him up. I do know Frank Green, and I, I've played with Frank Green once or twice. Never live, a couple rehearsals, but I don't Changed know. Changed my life. I don't know if Frank listens to this show. Uh, he you will. You need to change that. He will. He, uh, <laughs> he he changed my life. He absolutely changed my life. Do you know the ugly story? I not, not the not the band. Uh, not about the band, but my ugly story that has to do with me. Uh, does it have something to do with Joe? I love Joe. Uh, I would guarantee if there's a story, because it's not. Well, it could be Donnie. Most likely Joe, but it's certainly not Kevin. Certainly not Frank. If it's bad. How about we do this? All right, go ahead. We'll get to stories from the stage in a second, and then I'll tell you. All right. Because you're going to get stories from the booth. Oh, man, I've got, I've got so much <laughs> stuff to go. Before we get there, what else you got for social media issues? Is that pretty much it? You got more? What you got? Uh, you know, people need to keep their political, like everybody else has said, coming on here. There's no reason for that shit. My favorite thing. We, is- are, we are dividing America. Absolutely. Listen, I am not a fan of what's going on right now, but I'm also... Very hopeful that it goes better. I'm not going to say one side or the other. I think you can kind of tell which side I am, which side my wife is on. You got two people in the same house that are on total epit, total separate ends of the spectrum. Right. But we both hope it goes best for America. And the more the people say on social media and they say bullshit, I call her on her bull. I don't post anything. I don't. Just like Jesse said, I stopped doing that shit. Right. And uh, Ryan Murphy's. Was pretty uh, hey Bernie, <laughs> he was he was pretty Bernie Sanders, and that's fine, but I mean th- there's no reason th- on social media should be for keeping up with friends, mm-hmm. family, mm-hmm. and fun stuff. No, that's I, I, why I, I have my real name on Facebook because right. I know my company watches that. I'm a part of that with uh, Southern Glaciers Wine and Spirits, so right. I don't say anything stupid there. Right. Uh, I don't say anything that's really opinionated there. That's why I have my Instagram and my Twitter, which is fake Scott Clark. <laughs> so no, I was like, hey, it's fake Scott Clark. It's not me. I can say anything I want to. That explains that. Yeah, I was totally going to ask you about that, but you beat me. <laughs> fake Scott Clark. Now, I, now, yeah, now I get it's it. It's not me. That's fake Scott Clark. <laughs> Everyone's got real Scott Clark at twenty-two, twenty-two. I'm fake Scott Clark, motherfucker. Yeah, that's not me. That was that's fake Scott Clark. I don't know, I don't know what you're it's talking about. Fake one did it. Who was the guy that talked about shooting? So, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Fake Scott Clark. So if you want to follow me at Twitter or Instagram, it's fake Scott Clark. It is, and that is not me. 
That's the other me. That's the other me. I don't know what you're talking about. I've said, I think I'm going to start saying this at least one point in every episode. Pipe down on the fucking negativity, kids. You know what? Pipe it down. Simmer Donna, bitches. <laughs> Who get, calm down. Can't we all just get along? Apparently not. I guess not. All right. All right, so let's move on to stories from the stage booth thingy, my bob. All right. From the stage really, or from the... Really? Music. Well, that's it, kids. That's the show for the week. That's the end of part one of my conversation with Scott Clark. Whew, I need a fucking nap. Dude wears me out. In a good way, though. That was a lot of fun. Dude's got stories for days. So make sure that you come back next week and check out part two of my conversation, my hang with a one wide-ass open Scott Clark. And uh, as I say at the end of every episode, go do some shit. <laughs>